0: Welcome to Openbox. Openbox aims at bringing easier understanding of open problems to help find solutions. For this purpose, I interview researchers, practitioners who have published papers on open problems in AI, ML and related subjects. This is primarily with an intention of making it a simplified process for people to learn and these are published as a podcast series. My name is Sundar. I'm an ethics and risk professional and an AI ethics researcher. I'm the host of this podcast. Ideas emerge when curiosity meets clarity. Here, we go with Open Box to bring clarity to those curious minds looking to solve real world problems. This project is done in collaboration with For Humanity. For Humanity is a 501 nonprofit organization dedicated to minimizing downside risks of AI. For Humanity develops criteria for independent audit of AI systems. If you want to know more information about for humanity, visit forhumanity.center. Today we have with us Catherine. Catherine is a postdoc researcher at University of Calgary working on adversarial learning. She did a PhD in the Cispa Helmholtz Center of for Information Security, Germany. She's interested in machine learning security in practice and AI audits in the context of ML security. I'm glad to be having this conversation with her. We're going to be covering a paper titled, Machine Learning Security Against Data Poisoning, Are We There Yet? This got published in April 2022, which she co-authored. We're going to be speaking about the open issues referred in this particular paper. Catherine, welcome to the show.
1: Thank
0: you for having me. It's really a pleasure to have you here and discuss about ML security. I I've read the paper and I found it very interesting. I had certain thoughts that I wanted to actually bounce it off to you when we discuss about this. While we start with this concept of ML being used in security context, and would it be possible for you to just give a very brief overview of ML security broadly?
1: <laughs> so that's difficult because there have been a lot of different attacks introduced. I guess what we're going to talk about today is poisoning mostly. So in poisoning, the idea is, is, so in ML you have this process of training a model, and then you can apply a model with whatever task it has been trained for. And in poisoning, you actually alter the training data and then affect the resulting model in a nutshell.
0: Super. In, in, in the open issues that you've highlighted as part of this, you, you actually mentioned about one specific point where there are impracticalities in conducting certain types of attacks, right? Given that we're speaking about adversarial attacks or data poisoning kind of attacks, I just, I'm just curious to know more about how that works and what is the open challenge that you're seeing there?
1: So the, the issue is in particular with attacks. So one concrete example is that some academic works consider that the attacker can control the full training data. And this is impractical. It's, it's useful in research because we have a very bad baseline on what the attacker can do. But naturally, when I'm learning a system on data and the attacker controls everything, then you can essentially force the model to do anything. So this is not very practical in practice, if you think about an attacker manipulating training data, you would expect this attacker to manipulate only a very small percentage, say 1%, 5%, but not everything.
0: Yeah, and this, this also brings another point that an attacker's intent is also to attack a certain percentage and not necessarily at all times attack the whole population per se, right? And they are very targeted. Uh, as, as we see now, as things change, they're very, very targeted. One aspect that actually comes in very relevant to this particular point is that we're also seeing instances where there is adversarial attacks uh, exploiting behavior biometric data from multiple free apps that are used applied to a financial services kind of environment. How do you see such attacks? And do you think with the point that you mentioned earlier, do you think leveraging external data could be an option to exploit not having complete data? or not having access to complete training data as an option.
1: I mean, it's it's a very good point that you're raising because in particular in this context, when someone buys these apps and can manipulate this data, it's actually very unlikely that they can manipulate all the data that a vendor is using. So in that sense, yeah, that's precisely what we talk about. On the other hand, and like I'm hearing this a little bit between the lines, I think if you are training such a system, you also have the responsibility to check where your data comes from because if you were only using data from untrusted sources, then you cannot be sure that it hasn't been tampered with. So ideally you either use data also from a trusted source or you also inspect data manually, for example.
0: Yeah, so in this context, even synthetic data or generative data may also have similar issues that you're actually speaking about, right?
1: Yeah, it depends. I mean, because like also like data generation has to be trained on something or you have to specify the data, how it looks like. And yes, so if you're not doing this in a very same manner, then again, you can have like the same problem that some data used to train the generator was also altered. And then you're just essentially just propagating the error through the system. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and the core problem that we're actually speaking about here is that an exposure caused by such attacks could be impacting people in many ways, whether it is just a misclassification misclassification in a decision system, let's say credit decisions, or even a case of safety threat if you're actually applied in security setting per se, right? So when we are actually looking at this, are organizations looking at aspects of how they are able to model or how they're able to perceive the attack models consistently. Do you think that would be relevant in this context? What I'm actually saying is that when certain types of attacks are not very practical, given that the access to data may not be there of all the, the, the organization needs to be very considerate of where they are taking data from and is the data also freely available elsewhere, outside their ecosystem so that they are able to have some sort of defense mechanism for attacks that can get generated because of accessibility to similar data set. That's what I'm saying.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Of course. So this is an issue, right? So if you have data, which is very unique to your application, it definitely makes it harder for an attacker to, to attack the system. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's get on to the second point that you had mentioned in your paper, which is about scalability of poisoning attacks for large scale models. And you are also mentioned about the robustness associated with defenses relating to it. Why don't you explain briefly about that? <laughs>
1: so the the interesting part about poisoning attacks is that they sort of come in two flavors you can either go for a specific instance and these ones can solve very can be solved very efficiently by heuristics so there we have no issues with scalability and there's others that like sort of influence the model more in general and overall and these ones have huge scaling issues because you need to sort of model how the the the, this machine learning model will will train to attack it and these ones are extremely difficult to carry out on large models and up to the sense that it just takes too much time to do this feasibly in in practice so say a smaller model can be targeted right right now but a larger model would require a huge compute to do that.
0: Understand. So you mentioned about heuristic models that can be attacked through a heuristic setup. Can you just give a example that would be easier for audience to understand better in the context of let's say a credit system per se?
1: Yes. So for example, if you control part of the training data, what you can do is you can say for example, everyone who lives in a certain street Gets the credit rate. So you have the sort of, you introduce this huge correlation, like the street and the reply yes to the credit goes always together in the data set. And this is, this is called a backdoor. And the backdoor trigger is the street, for example. And whenever you, you file in the street into an application, you will get the output, yes. And this is a heuristic, right? Because it's, it's not a, a complex attack, right? It's just this association between the yes reply and this street. It could also be age, for example, whenever you put something larger than 60 or so. But you need to know this feature. You need to know this property that you put later on in the data to get the desired output.
0: So essentially, you need to have ways for you to infer how the model reacts to certain heuristics and then try and apply them uh, through your attack vector for it to be successful, which will be possible in certain kind of circumstances. Yeah, You, you, you also mentioned about uh, complex attacks may, may be very, very challenging. So can you just give an example uh, for that in, in, in the same context that you're referring to?
1: so in this case what you rather try to do is change your overall model so for example but what, what you could think about very concretely is that you have very clear association of for example particular people with a particular salary from a particular region with particular jobs that always get a yes reply say. And what you could try is you could try to shift all of these parameters at once. So for example, inverse the 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 region parameter say. And to actually do that you need to to either control a large fraction of the data naturally or you need to insert very specific points that have like specific parameters in terms of street or so and then alter the whole classification system and then obviously computing this because you already like if you start thinking about it you get a nod in your head computing this is very complicated as opposed to this like sort of strategy of relating one feature to a yes
0: so so when when it is complex to run such a model we're, there is also a, a reference that I saw in the paper, which is about robustness of defense uh, dealing with such circumstances. Can you just explain briefly about that?
1: Yes. So, I mean, like the, the, the natural relationship between like attack difficulty and defense easiness. Is that obviously if an attack has a higher cost tag to it someone in practice will be less likely to do it so the benefit needs to be larger if we talk about a credit score then naturally the, the price tag can be rather low in the sense that you have a huge benefit but in other applications for example the, the likelihood that someone attacks a model might just be very low
0: understand. So the, the other point that becomes very relevant here is also about the ability of defense and maturity of defense in the context of attack that is being discussed about, right? So unless and otherwise, the organization is able to classify whether their environment or the kind of attacks that they are examining are a heuristic, which is easily targetable or complex where the t- it cannot be easily targetable, their defense mechanism need to resonate with those kind of types for them to be able to prevent such attacks. Isn't that so?
1: Yes and no. So there are a couple of defenses that are able to cope with several attacks, but there's not much knowledge about this. I think there's like one or two types maybe. In principle, what you would have to do is you would have to say, so I expect this and that attack and then I'm applying like that per se or just like preventative the corresponding defenses but then he, to be sure on the safe side you would need to deploy someone against like say heuristic attacks and some against the more complex ones yeah
0: understand understand so here the 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 context is that there are certain types of attacks where somebody needs to gain access a lot of access to the data for them to be able to catch that attack and also the point is that it doesn't mean that All the attacks are complex there may be attacks which are heuristic based which are much simpler attacking the system is much easier without getting to have a a large access to data but more and more complex attacks will require access to data so if the organization is looking at defense models they need to be effective in assessing whether their data is very exposed or very unique right depending on that their their attack environment will change and their defense approaches needs to change it's so fascinating to discuss this topic and then try and understand about the kind of open issues that you're speaking in this particular space. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're discussing now. And with this, we are actually coming to the end of the first part. I look forward to discussing with you on other pointers that you're covering in your paper in the next session. Thanks a lot for joining and contributing to this.
1: Thank you. I'm looking forward to the second part too.